Hello and welcome back to the 20th episode of the Two-Way Podcast. And today we are here with Eduardo Mole again. And we will be continuing our series of ranking uh, the top 10 of each position in the NBA. Today we're doing power forwards. Um, the next episode will be the centers episode. That will be the final one. Um, so let's just get right into it. Eduardo, who's your number 10 power forward in the NBA? At number 10th, I have Danilo Gallinari. Uh, Danilo was uh, very good um, last year with the Clippers. But this year with OKC, you know, he had a little more space to shine. He was the main star last year with the Clippers too, but I feel like him and Chris Paul have, uh, have a really good dynamic. You know, Chris Paul's a great playmaker and Gallinari can shoot. Um, he's, he has enough mass to know, you know, uh, get in the post. But he's just a really complete player with a shot. And he's a really good mentor to a lot of young players uh, when he was in the Clippers and here in OKC. Uh, he's just a great player, uh, really good all around. Um, yeah, I don't think his defense is all that, but he was great um, on the playoff series against the, the Warriors last year, too. Uh, just a really complete player, and I really like his play style. Yeah, so uh, Danilo Gallinari did not make my list, but I do definitely respect him as a player. Um, I think he's consistently been pretty underrated throughout his career. Um, and I, I do think that he is a very important piece uh, to what the Thunder have been doing and why they're the sitting in the fourth or fifth seed right now. Um, so for me... Uh, I, for, for me coming in at number 10, I have Kevin Love. Um, now Kevin Love, you know, he's, the numbers are still pretty good. You know, 17 and a half points, 10 rebounds, three assists, uh, 45% from the field, 37 from three, which is pretty good. Um, you know, he's, it's tough to be putting out 17 points a game on, uh, a Cavs team that really isn't playing for anything, uh, right now. I mean, just playing for a good draft pick. So the fact that Kevin Love, and uh, the fact that Kevin Love is playing on uh, uh, the Cavs, this Cavs team, and he's still putting up numbers, um, I gotta respect that, and I put him at number ten on my list. Yeah, d- uh, Kevin Love definitely a great player. Uh, he was my eleventh. Um, him and Gallinari uh, very interchangeable, but I think the Thunder. Uh, having a lot better this year, so I feel like he deserves that spot. You know, yeah, Kevin Love puts up great numbers, but in that Cavs team, you know, uh, it's kind of easier. Uh, Gallinari has a little more team to share the ball with, but definitely respect Kevin Love. Love him, too. Um, Let's see if he gets traded, you know. If I was in his position, I wouldn't want to be in the Cavs team that long. I really hope that he goes somewhere that he can be, you know, happier and uh, get a more important piece. Uh, for the team, yeah. instead of just playing with some scrubs. But, yeah, definitely respect the pick. Uh, if we can move on to my number nine, I have Draymond Green. You know, Draymond, always been a good player, has been regressing a lot. Uh, he isn't the defensive player he once was, but still a great player for the Warriors. Contributes a lot. And the Warriors don't have that much good defense. And, you know, he's a really important piece to the dynasty that they were. And, you know, let's see if he can start regressing at a slower pace. Because I feel like in the last few years, he regressed really fast. But I, just, I still feel like he, uh, you know, does a lot of important stuff for the Warriors. And even, you know, regressing, he's still a great defensive player. And, you know, doesn't have the athleticism, athleticism he once had. But, you know, still great. Still very important to the Warriors. And has that chemistry with the Warriors, too. Uh, he has a good shot. 
you know, I want to say it's great, but, you know, having that type of shot that you can hit sometimes, uh, it's really important, too, uh, with the Warriors, because, you know, they have Curry that can play make, kick it out to him, and he really worked well with the Warriors, as, you know, has been shown by, for the past few years um, that they went to the championship uh, one or, you know, last two times, but great defensive player still, uh, Draymond Green, um, made my number nine because of that. Yeah, so I also have Draymond at number nine. Um, and like you said, he was super important. He's been super important to the Warriors, their whole dynasty. Um, the numbers are not great, obviously. Charles Barkley said it best, a triple single. Uh, he's averaging eight, six, and six. Um, and his three-pointers have not been great this year, only 28%. Um, and Draymond, I just feel like it's similar to Kevin Love where, uh, I mean, it's it's – I, I respect Draymond for that. Um, he's still trying at least a little bit, um, even being surrounded by G League level talent. Um, and he's been saying, like, this season he's trying to mentor the younger guys instead of kind of working on his game. Um, and he's going to leave his work, his game working to the offseason. Um, so I, and I do think Draymond, this is not the Draymond we're going to see next season. I think he's going to be more inspired. Uh, playing with Curry and Clay again, um, and his numbers will be better because of that. Um, but that being said, he, like he said, he has been declining a little bit. Um, you know, he's still great on defense, but uh, he's not as great as he once was. He's not an all, uh, he's not an all defensive first team level player again. Um, and I think part of that is because he has gotten slower, and I, a lot of that has to do with uh, the fact that he played all four years in college. And you know, some of these guys like Zion, he only played one year in college and he sat out basically half the year with this injury. Um, and the Draymond played four full years in college. Um, and that can really do stuff to uh, a guy's, a guy's legs and they can definitely short his, shorten his career. Um, and I think that's a little bit of what's happening to Draymond. Um, I still think he's a top 10 power forward, but not at the all-star level he once was. Yeah, for sure. Um, next year, he's definitely going to be better playing with Curry and Clay again because he's going to have that team, you know, um, that chemistry with them. This year wasn't great. But, yeah, definitely deserves to be on this list still, even if he's getting worse by time. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's move on, Eduardo. Who is your number eight power forward? My number eight is LaMarcus Aldridge. You know, LaMarcus is kind of like uh, Draymond. Was a great player, still is, but has been regressing. He's getting really old. Uh, the Spurs, still a fine team, you know, have a lot of good young players. Uh, but, you know, I just feel like I couldn't put him higher on the list because some of these players, uh, they're still young, that, that are higher. And LaMarcus, even being an all-star a few years ago, he hasn't been the same, uh, same player he was um, a few years ago. But, you know, still great, still has that shot. Uh, I don't. I don't think he fits really with what the Spurs are trying to go with uh, in the future. Uh, him and Demar probably need to get traded so they can really open that space up for the young players. But you know, still a great, still a great player. Uh, has that good shot. Uh, has a good, you know, just good veteran mentality. Uh, can mentor a lot of good young players. Uh, I just feel like his contract's too big for him to stick around at that age and at the rate he's playing. But, you know, still great, still deserves to be on this list. I don't think he should be higher, though. 
Yeah, so I also have LaMarcus Aldridge at number eight. Um, and when you look at the numbers, he is still pretty good. 19 points per game, uh, seven and a half rebounds. And his three-point shot has actually improved a ton this year. He's, his career average is 31%. He's now up to almost 40% this season. Um, so LaMarcus, at his age, um, I think he's definitely prolonged his career um, by getting a good shot. Um, he realizes that he can't be dominant in the post anymore. He's just not quick enough for that. Um, and he needs to be more of a catch-and-shoot guy uh, and a pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop guy, um, which he has done. And he was still pretty good for the Spurs this year. Um, he, it's not as good as he was a couple of years ago, like you said. But I think if even with that massive contract, if a contending team can afford it, um, I think he could be a very valuable piece, uh, a second or third option on a contending team. Yeah, for sure. Um, even I was thinking, like, maybe the Thunder. They have a lot of big contracts. I don't think they could make it work with the salary. But I feel like he would be a really good fit because they have a lot of young players. And they have kind of a hole in the center spot. They have Steven Adams, but, yeah, I don't know. I feel like if they got LaMarcus and maybe trade with Steven Adams, it would be really good. And, but maybe maybe not, you know. But he, he does need to get traded um, maybe with the maybe to a young team. Uh, with a lot of young players that you can mentor. But, yeah, still great. Hasn't been that good, though. Yeah, um, I, I definitely agree with LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, Eduardo, who do you have at number seven? My number seven is Blake Griffin. You know, Blake also has been regressing. Last year he had a great year, actually. Uh, one of the best in the last few years, most of his career, actually. Uh, maybe the second best. Uh, but, you know... When you have a play style like Blake, it's really hard to keep up that oh, when you get older, you know. Because Blake, he was always that showtime guy. But when you get to 30, you can't jump as high. You don't have that athleticism. It's just really hard to keep up that game. And, you know, still like him a lot as a player. But it's really hard to keep up that game. And he has been regressing. This year, only average, I think, 15, 15 and 5. Rebounds are going down, too. You know, he's just going to keep regressing because he can't play uh, the same play style he once had. So it's just really hard, you know, to keep up that. And it's kind of, you kind of know that the player is not going to be as good when he gets older. Yeah, um, I actually have Blake Griffin as my number six. But for not my number seven, I have DeMontis Sabonis. Um, I feel like this year was a really good year for Sabonis. Um, he became a first-time All-Star. Uh, but that being said, I just don't – I feel like I would rather have Blake just because Blake is a guy that I feel like I can rely on more than Sabonis. Um, Sabonis is going to get you a solid six – a solid, like, 17 and 10 every game. Um, and that's really nice to have. But at the same time, Blake can go for 50. Blake is a guy who has uh, the explosiveness as a score, uh, even at the age of 30. I mean, he's, he's gotten a shot um, and – but for Sabonis, I, I do think he's um, going to keep getting better. He's still pretty young, and I like where he is at as a player. Um, and I think that he sort of represents what that Indiana team is all about. He's just an under-the-radar under guy um, that is just quietly putting up numbers on a great team. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Sabonis is my number six. Uh, but, you know, I just feel like I'd rather have him. Because of what he's done this year, like you said, first time All-Star, 
uh, great rebounds. Uh, you know, he has that shot. I just feel like he fits really well with the Pacers team, and I really like him. The Pacers have two big men that can shoot, and I feel like that's really good for them. And even without uh, Oladipo for most of the year, they were still great. I feel like a lot of the credit should go to Sabonis, but the whole team, uh, they can just play together, you know. They're just a great team that can fit together. Sabonis gets rebounds really well. Uh, he had a, a jump in scoring, too, almost 20 points. I just feel like he's a more complete player. I feel like I'd rather have him than Blake at this day and age. But, you know, they're definitely interchangeable. Uh, I say you can play, can't put Blake at six. six. Uh, but, yeah, definitely. Um, I just feel like Sabonis this year had a big jump, first-time All-Star. I feel like he deserves the six-player spot. Yeah, I could definitely see Sabonis higher. I mean, you look at the numbers. Sabonis has him on the numbers. Blake, his rebounding has definitely fallen off. Um, but that being said, I feel like, I don't know. Um, Sabonis is a guy that's going to put up numbers, like I said. But Blake is a, he's kind of a wild card. And I feel like defenses sort of recognize that. And I feel like a defense would rather go up against a guy like Sabonis than a guy like Blake. Yeah, Sabonis is not that star that you go to. Uh, they play very different roles when you look at it. But, yeah. yeah, I feel like Sabonis and Blake are great players. Sabonis being really young, Blake getting up there in age. But, you know, definitely at the same level. When you look at the future, probably Sabonis is going to get a lot better. Yeah. But, yeah. All right, Eduardo, move on to your number five power forward in the NBA. My number five is Zion Williamson. Even only playing not that many games this year, Zion's just great. You know, he has that athleticism absurdly uh, great. You know, he can jump at like a lot of weight. I, I don't know exactly the numbers, but you know, he's heavy. You know, and that makes him injury prone. And like we said, like we saw uh, in the beginning of the season uh, that he was injured in his knee. Because when you fall on that, it really, you know. It can be hard if you fall a little bit off. It can really hurt yourself. But Zion's just great, you know. Um, I feel like if, if he develops a shot a little better, uh, his shot is fine now. But, you know, if he gets that good, you know, let's say 40% shot, or not 40 is too much. Let's say, I don't know, 30%, 35 He would just be unstoppable. Zion, you know, obviously a rookie, has a lot of future. You know, probably going to be one of the best players in the league a few years from now. Uh, this year, didn't play that much. But still, even with the small sample size, was amazing. And, yeah, to feel like Zion definitely deserves to be up here, uh, even not playing that much. You know, man's just a star uh, from now and from the future. Just going to be great. Yeah, so I also have Zion at number five. Um, and I feel like when you look at the numbers... I mean, limited sample size, but you have to realize he's, this guy's averaging 23.5 points, 7 rebounds. He can pass to, um, uh, I mean, the, the three-point percentage is really good, but obviously he just doesn't take many threes. Um, <clears throat> so he is shooting 46% from three, but that's that number is obviously going to come down. Um, and then he's just super efficient uh, as far as, getting his own boards. I mean, offensive rebounds is uh, one of Zion's specialties. Uh, <clears throat> and I feel like he can only continue to grow as a player if he can, if he can stay healthy. Um, and 
my number four on this list is actually Porzingis. And I feel like as a, as a talent, um, Zion is already better than Porzingis. Uh, but that being said, you have to take into account the injuries um, and you have to take into account the limited sample size um, that he's only played about 20 games. Yeah, Zion, you know, I also have Porzingis at number four. Porzingis also had that big injury, didn't play for a lot of time. I feel like a whole season maybe passed without him playing. And, you know, he had a slow start to the season. Wasn't that great, but you really picked it up. Uh, and you can see with the Mavericks record, they really got up there, you know. Um, feel like they can't be caught up with uh, in the Grizzlies or anybody anybody else. Definitely excited to see what they can do in the playoffs, uh, being the first playoffs of, of Luka and, I think, Porzingis because, you know, they play with the yeah. Knicks. But, yeah, definitely going to be great. Um, first playoff, uh, being a little, you know, can be a little scary. For a young player, but you know, I th- I feel like he he's not that young anymore. That he uh, still has to adapt to the NBA. He's been there a while. Uh, just played for a terrible team. Um, but you know, Porzingis can shoot, gets those rebounds, gets those boards, um, gets those points. Uh, he can do everything. You know, really complete and really a good addition to the Mavericks. And he fits really well with Luca. You know, uh, when you get a player like that. Uh, with two stars, uh, it's hard to make it work sometimes, but they really did, and they're very excited to see what they can do in the playoffs. Yeah, so I yeah, like I said, I have Porzingis as number four, um, and I feel like this guy is you know coming off the torn ACL, he was not playing very great. Um, he started off a little bit, a little bit, I don't know, a little you could say a little rusty. Um, he hadn't played in about a year and a half, so. I, but then, then again, um, he started to pick it up at the end of the season, getting to know his new brand new teammates, uh, Luka Doncic and uh, others. Um, and I feel like Porzingis, it definitely took him a while to learn to be the second option because um, even on those Knicks teams with Melo, he was basically after Melo, he was definitely the first option. Um, the only and, option. Yeah, the only option. Um, and he had to get used to playing behind Luca, who's going to be the first option. Um, and I think he was able to adapt to that. Um, and he definitely started to pick it up at the end of the season. He was looking like the old Porzingis. Um, and this guy has all the talent in the world. He's seven, three, he can shoot. Um, and he can, he's just him and Luca are going to be a super deadly combination, um, for a bunch of years, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just hope that they don't have, you know, kind of that OKC Thunder um, problem that, you know, oh, no, I'm the star and fight about the ego. I feel like Porzingis can definitely adapt to being the second second option uh, with the Mavericks. I feel like they're going to be great if they can, you know, keep up that good dynamic. Yeah, but moving on to number three, I have Pascal Siakam. You know, Siakam is just amazing. Last year... Um, obviously won the championship, but you know, this year, even without Kawhi, uh, they were even better record wise. And I just feel like a lot of the credit should go to Siakam too, because he really took on the role of the star, really. They have Kyle Lowry, but when you think of the Raptors star, you think of Siakam, you know, Kyle Lowry are obviously really important to the franchise, really important to the team, 
But, you know, Siakam has just been amazing. He's fast as hell, great defense. One of the only players that I think you can put against Giannis and really have a good good, uh, good role, good time stopping him. Um, obviously, nobody can neutralize Giannis, but he can do a really good job. And, you know, gets amazing points, uh, really good boards. Uh, plays really well with the Raptors. He just fits amazingly. And this Raptors team, even having a few few older players like Cal Lowry, I feel like they still have a lot of years of great basketball. They can keep it up mm-hmm. if nothing happens. Siakam, too, really young. Um, and just been amazing, you know. And definitely deserves to be number three in this list uh, for what he's done uh, last year and this year as the first option. Yeah, um, and I also have Siakam at number three. And like you said, I feel like Siakam can definitely uh, be a first option. Um, and he can lead this Raptors team for a number of years. And, you know, anything's possible with Nick Nurse. I mean, he's going to probably be the coach of the year. He definitely deserves it. Um, and I think surrounded by him, he can he can definitely bring out the best in Pascal's, uh, Pascal Siakam. Um, and I mean, he's turned, transformed him, uh, into an absolute beast. Uh, I mean, obviously we saw the improvement last year, but this year he's kind of turned him into a star, um, averaging 23 and a half points, seven and a half boards, um, and shooting pretty well from the field and decent from three. Um, and this guy has definitely taken the lead role on the Raptors team who kind of, it's kind of a committee with him and Lowry and what the other scoring options on that team. Uh, but it's, I would say definitely Siakam is the lead guy. Um, and Nick Nurse has uh, brought out the best in Siakam. And I think Siakam, being pretty young, uh, being drafted in 2016, he still has a lot of years to go. And uh, he can definitely get a lot better. Um, so, Eduardo, move on to your number two power forward in the NBA. My number two is Anthony Davis. We talked a little bit about him um, in the last podcast. I think it was awards. But, you know, Anthony J- Davis always been great uh, with the Pelicans. You know, the team wasn't as good, but he still put up great numbers, went to the playoffs a few times. Um, but, yeah, with the Lakers, you know, playing with the LeBron, uh, we know what LeBron can do with that big man center uh, that can really play well. And uh, having one that can shoot really well, too, and can defend really well, feel like he just completes um, LeBron, really. They're kind of two sides of the same coin. Because LeBron, when you think about his flaws, you probably think about defense and shooting. And that's basically exactly uh, the two things that Anthony Davis does best. They just fit really well together. LeBron being, you know, 35, um, still can have one or two years, maybe three, um, playing amazingly, getting to the playoffs every year, maybe even contending for the title because of Anthony Davis. You know, even being older, He's probably not going to have the same explosiveness, but he he's still going to be able to play make really well. And that's where Anthony Davis comes in because he can finish around the rim. He can get those boards. And, you know, they can have a really good back and forth. Um, let's see if Anthony Davis resigns, which I'm pretty sure he will, especially if yeah. they go to the finals or, you know, win the title. But, yeah, still has a bunch of years. He's really young. And... You know, I, f- I feel like in a few years, probably an MVP contender, maybe an MVP winner. Yeah, so Anthony Davis, also my number two, definitely a top 10 player in the NBA. Um, I mean, you look at this guy, and 
on the Pelicans, we saw flashes of it. Um, obviously, he had some ex- insane games um, and just looked like an all-around beast. And he, he looked like he was going to be the MVP um, for a couple of years there. Um, it never ended up working out in New Orleans. Uh, he forced his way out and went to L.A. Um, this year, he finally is playing with LeBron, and LeBron has been able to bring out some great things with Anthony Davis. Um, and I feel like LeBron is uh, – this is going to be Davis's first chance to win a title, and we're going to see what playoff Anthony Davis is really like because we've seen it in the past, but uh, he really had no chance um, in – uh, to get out of the West, obviously, with the with the Pelicans. I mean, he did barely had any surrounding talent. Um, and, you know, a couple of people are like, you know, Davis, obviously, uh, he had he was a fail, fail um, in the experiment with the Pelicans. But I feel like w- when he had a healthy Boogie Cousins in that half a season he had, um, it was really starting to click for him. And I feel like... Uh, they, they actually had a chance um, to make a run in the playoffs, and and it, it wouldn't have been a, a complete waste. So I feel like Anthony Davis, it's not like he has to be a second guy. He can be the star role, um, yeah. uh, but that being said, he is the second guy, um, and if you have Anthony Davis as the second guy on your team, uh, you're, you are definitely a title favorite, uh, which the Lakers are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anthony Davis, you, you know, he's young as hell, has – probably 10 years of great basketball still. Uh, let's see if he stays with the Lakers for all these years. Probably not, but if he does, I feel like he he can take them to greatness. Maybe not as great as they would be with LeBron because he's going to retire soon. But I feel like, you know, he's going to go back to being that first star, uh, really show us what he can do with a good roster, um, a better roster, let's say, because the Pelicans weren't terrible. You know, they were fine. Uh, but, you know, when he had Boogie, like you said, was just amazing, too. Uh, Anthony Davis can be that first option. But, you know, being a center and having to do everything alone, uh, it is hard, you know. But when you have that one, you know, maybe all-star, maybe almost an all-star, maybe not a, you know, a mega star, a superstar, uh, him and Anthony Davis can be amazing. Um, but still, even if he doesn't have that type of player, he can still put up great numbers, uh, lead a team to the playoffs, and still be amazing. Yep, yep. We're both definitely on page with Anthony Davis. But uh, that being said, he's not the number one player on this list. We both have the same guy at number one. Eduardo, talk about Giannis and why he's the best power forward in the NBA. I mean, Giannis, you know, he's like 20-something, 24 uh, two MVPs, I'm going to say, because it's pretty much 100% that he's going to win this year. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the Bucks, um best team of the league record-wise, just been amazing this year, last year, too. Um, you know, like, he just does everything. If he can get that great shot, it's over. Like, it's literally over. You can't stop him. Um, but, you know, Giannis, it's, nobody can guard him. Just nobody. He will get to the rim, and he will destroy you down in the rim if you jump. But, you know, let's see. Um, the Bucks don't have that second star, really. Um, they have Middleton, and I feel like Middleton does fit really well with Giannis's game because he can shoot that shot really well. 
So let's say Giannis drives, kicks it out, boom, Middleton hits that. And I feel like that is really what makes the Bucks great. Um, Giannis is probably going to resign unless they do terrible in the playoffs uh, this year, next year. But yeah, let's see um, if he can get a bunch of MVPs. Um, I feel like, you know, maybe he can even break the record um, for MVPs because he's really young. And I feel like, you know, when you look at LeBron, uh, LeBron has four MVPs, probably only going to have four. But, you know, he had a terrible team. Having a great team, uh, which I think the Bucks will still have, and, you know, being that star, I feel like Giannis is probably going to get five or six. And Giannis is just amazing. Great defense, too. Uh, defensive player of the year, contender, or winner in the future. Um, amazing. Just unstoppable, really. Yeah, um, Giannis is definitely the face of the NBA for the future. I mean, this guy is already a top three NBA player. I think there's you could debate whether he's better than LeBron. You could debate whether he's better than Kawhi, but he's better than everybody else besides those two, uh, no doubt. Um, and Giannis is when you look at Giannis, it's just like his nickname's the Greek Freak for a reason. He's like he's six eleven. Uh, he's got insanely long arms, huge hands, um, and he can just he, he can run the floor and you know he can do whatever. Uh, I mean, twenty nine and a half points, thirteen and a half rebounds, six assists, uh, is insanely efficient, fifty four percent from the field, even though he only shoots thirty uh, percent from three, um, and the free throws are bad, but everything else is insane. I mean, the per. 31.6 PER, which I think is the highest in NBA history. Um, I could be wrong about that, but I, I think that is. Um, and then, like you said, if he gets a shot, he might he has a chance. If he gets a really good shot, he might have a chance to be the statistically the greatest player of all time. Um, and I don't think he's going to get a shot. I think he his shot has improved since his rookie season, but not at the level that we want to see. Um, but that being said... He doesn't need a shot to be great in the NBA. He can win, like you said, he can win six MVPs without a shot. Uh, he's already going to win two. Um, so Giannis, he's just amazing. I think we can all agree that he is one of the best players in the NBA uh, already. And he's going to win back-to-back MVPs. And uh, switching to the free agency thing, um, 2021 Giannis is a free agent. I don't think he's going to the Warriors. I don't buy any of that. No. Um, that's just the Warriors fans, as always. But yeah, yeah, and I th- I feel like he is going to resign with the Bucks. I, I'm very confident he's going to resign with the Bucks. Actually, um, I think the Heat could be a, a destination if he were to leave. And then you know everyone's going to throw the Knicks into the conversation, like with every free agent. Um, he's but not- I don't see him going to the Knicks either. Oh no. Uh, so I feel like if he was going to leave the Bucks, he would go. To the Miami Heat, um, and uh, I, but I, I, I truly do see him staying in Milwaukee um, for a next next contract, especially um, because of the COVID. The uh, salary cap is going to decrease, and as we know, you can definitely make more money when you resign with your own team because they can offer you the supermax um, versus if you sign with a new team, uh, you don't get as much money. So. I feel like Giannis will resign, um, but that being said, I feel like if the Bucks, they need to get out of the East um, in at least one of these next two seasons. If they lose in the playoffs 
in the Eastern Conference Finals or even before that, um, for both of these next two years, Giannis is gone. I think we all know that. Um, uh, but that being said, I think the Bucks have a, just have everything in place to get out of the East. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to win the finals in these next two years. Um, I think it's about 50-50, but I feel like they just have a great overall team and a great coaching, um, and Giannis is just a great player. Yeah, for sure. Uh, their coach is amazing. The whole team is amazing. Um, the only thing I could see him leaving for is if they don't win in the next three years, you know, maybe when he resigns. I feel like he has one or two years, right? This year, next year, and then he's a free agent. But obviously going to resign. You know, like maybe if they don't win the championship, he's probably going to resign a four-year deal. Four-year deal. Um, if they don't win a championship and his contract's over, then I can see him leaving. But the NBA is going to yeah. be very different at that time. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard to predict five years in the future, you know. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. But, yeah, definitely. They obviously have a lot of potential to win the championship this year. I wouldn't, you know, bet my money on that. But probably going to be in the finals. Giannis, let's see what he can do in the uh, in a, in a final, finals game. Um, going against LeBron or maybe Kawhi. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you got to realize that Giannis, I mean, he we all know that he was pretty close with Kobe Bryant. Um, Kobe was giving him, getting him into that mindset, uh, giving him the Mamba mentality. Um, and I feel like Giannis, he was, you could tell, he was ready to get back to work after losing in the Easter Conference Finals. He knows uh, that he was up 2-0 in that series. Like I said last time, he knows better than anyone. He was up 2-0 in that series, um, and he yeah. pretty much blew it. I mean, you, I mean, you can't really blame it all on him. I mean, you're going up against the best defensive player in the NBA, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, but still, Giannis needs to elevate over Kawhi uh, offensively in that situation, and he knows that. Um, and this season, there isn't a guy like Kawhi in that East. Um, like we talked about last time, I think the Celtics could give him some troubles. Um, but in my opinion, he could. He is going to uh, rise above, and we're, we're gonna. I think we're gonna get to see Giannis in the finals this year, um, and yeah. it'll probably be as an underdog to either the Lakers or the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers, that might that series might be a toss-up, but the Lakers, they would probably be an underdog. Um, so I, I feel like Giannis will make it to the finals this year, um, and I actually think they have a good chance of winning it. Um, I think if they're up against the Lakers, they probably only have like a 30 to 35% chance to win. But if they're up against the Clippers, I think they have over, over a 50-50 chance. Um, so that, that's just me. Um, and I think Chris Middleton, even though he's not the second guy that we want um, to have around Giannis, like obviously the Lakers have Anthony Davis as their second guy. The Bucks don't have anyone like that. But Chris Middleton, is he's just a better version of the player he was last year. Um, he's still getting better. Uh, and I think that the, the other guys they have around that team, they have some great role players like they talked about last time um, and guys that – are great defensively and can have some outbursts on offense. Um, and surrounding by that coaching, I think the Bucks will be great with Giannis. Yeah, they just have a lot of elements that can really make that team great. And after last year, Giannis is going to be going full out. You know, he's going to have that mentality. He's just, you know, losing that series probably 
you know, he was probably pissed as hell at himself. Um, and yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just gonna g- come back stronger, uh, faster, you know, doing everything better. And you know, a good player does that. A great player does that. And Giannis is that great player that can recognize his mistakes and move on and try to be better. Yep, yep. That is going to do it for the 20th episode of the Two-Way Podcast, and we will see you later.